Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey, everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. How are you out there? We're four months or so into this pandemic difficult days, tough times, and just want you to know at the top of the show, I'm thinking of you, wishing you well. I am coming to you from my home office in Sudbury, Massachusetts, Friday, July 24, 2020. This year is flying by. I wish it would fly by a little quicker and we can put this pandemic behind us so we can get back to business and and life as, as usual. But right now it's life as unusual and we are all making the most of it. So again, thinking of you, wishing you well, and thanking you for listening to me on Bob Cargill's Marketing Show and or watching me and my guests um, via Zoom, via YouTube, however you are tuning in, watching, listening, thank you for being part of my audience. And my guest, let me introduce her to you, our guest, my guest, your guest today, Sally Hild from the Wayside Inn Foundation in Sudbury, Massachusetts, my hometown where I live. I grew up in Franklin, Massachusetts, uh, full disclosure, but I've been living in Sudbury for many years now and my wife and kids, and we love the Wayside Inn, great restaurant. Sally works with the Wayside Inn Foundation. We're gonna learn all about the Wayside Inn, the Wayside Inn Foundation. We're gonna talk about history. We're gonna talk about great food, the Yankee pot roast, my favorite meal there. But absolutely, this is a marketing show. We're going to talk about marketing and social media and how Sally and her team are using marketing and social media, and especially during this pandemic, to get the word out about the wayside. And Sally, let me say welcome and thank you. And and right at the top of the show, open-ended question, you're on. Tell my audience, our audience today, all about yourself and your background. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate um, you having me on the show. I appreciate this opportunity to talk. Um, Yes, so I serve as a nonprofit director for the Wayside Inn Foundation. Um, We're located in Sudbury, Massachusetts, and um, this is a relatively new position for the Wayside Inn. Many people don't realize that it is a nonprofit, and so my job is to raise awareness about our mission, which is really history education. Um, and so I uh, work on programming, events, and audience development as well. So when when I, and I'm sure anyone who knows of the Wayside Inn and who doesn't, if you're from around here, my guess is people come from not just all around the country, but all over the world to the Wayside Inn. I would imagine first thing they think of is, is food and maybe next the, uh, the grist mill. How do you cut through that and, and get your message, if, if you need to cut through that, the food and the grist mill, to get your message across about the history and the nonprofit status of, of the Wayside Inn. Right. Well, I will say that Longfellow's Wayside Inn really is the main event here on the property. It's been here since uh, 1716 when Ezekiel Howe first uh, applied for an innkeeper's license. And so we have a wonderful restaurant and we also have guest rooms as well. So people come to stay and um, take advantage of being here in New England um, and seeing our property and all that it has to offer from the walking trails to the grounds to everything else. And so um, by having events at the property, um, that's really where we we open things up so that um, people can tour our buildings when we're not in the midst of a pandemic, but also um, do things and fun things. Um, Cause there's everything from, um, like I said, the walking trails, but we have waterways. So we're finding that people are using it in different ways than ever before for fishing and fun. And, and just to get a break now uh, from being indoors. You know, personally, and and I was sharing this with you before I hit record, that I've been over there recently walking the grounds. I I love going to the restaurant and and eating there. I haven't during the pandemic, but maybe I will soon, Um, but have many, many times in the past. Um, But I've been walking 
over there. And I've noticed actually quite a few people over there. And I, is it more now with the pandemic, meaning because a lot of people were cooped up in our homes, hunkering down and hey, that's a place to go and, and just hang out a little bit? Yes, when the state came through and did um, issue stay at home and closed down restaurant operations to start, we made a conscious choice. It was so quiet on the grounds coming to work. Um, we made a conscious choice to, to get the word out and say, you know, we were here and um, if you need a break from being at home, you can very easily walk our 100 acres of land and with your families and just get a break. So we kept the grounds open. It is free and accessible to the public. We don't have an admissions gate or anything like that. And so it's been really delightful to see families out walking, people with strollers. Of course, we have people walking dogs, which you can do. Please use a leash. Um, but, you know, it's just been nice to see activity at different times of the day because people aren't necessarily on their nine to five schedules and schools are closed. So kids need things to do. Um, and so if they can take advantage of looking around our property and noticing nature or the architecture, that's perfect. Gives them something to do. It, it is perfect. It, it's always been been perfect, but especially during these times when when people need an outlet. If, if I could show you, um, and I, I won't turn the camera this way, but over here to my right in this front room of my house, we have taken a family picture and framed it every year. Um, we first used to do it at, at uh, Honey Pot, uh, the apple orchards in, in Stowe, but, but guess where we transitioned to? I bet you can guess. <laughs> every building at the wayside end. <laughs> in front of the grist mill the with the the wheel i don't know how to describe it but it's historic and geez i think the last 10 years or so we've done our, our yearly annual family picture there how many people do that come there but the family pictures wedding pictures high school college pictures do, do you keep count <laughs> oh we can't possibly keep count because people come at all hours of the day to do that to take advantage of the lighting and the colors and the seasons um my favorite is the fall but winter is beautiful too that red wheel that cuts right through yes. the light it's gorgeous it's um, so we're happy that people can do that that's usually competition to get uh, in front of that <laughs> wheel and get your picture taken you sometimes have to wait in line Yes, we just talked to photographers. We have a new membership program for photographers. So we talked to them about that. What, what, yeah. So what, what do you mean by that? A new membership program for photographers? How does that work? Yeah, so um, we just started this actually in the last week. It was something that we were developing while we weren't working on live programming. Um, you know, as a way to generate some revenue for the inn, if you purchase a membership, we have all levels for businesses and for individuals, um, but now photographers too, so that they can get a special pass and they know that, you know, they've signed up for a time to come and, and take their pictures on the property because it is, it's crawling with people, which we love. So, <laughs> so, so you raise a, something I haven't thought of, raise a question in my mind. Do, so we go there and we don't pay a fee to, to take pictures there. Our professional, I don't think we need to, correct? It's, it's free, right, to use the Professional property. photographers, we do um, ask for a $25 donation because it takes time to set up. Yes, and yes. It's a little bit more organized, but, you know, for amateur or family photography, we, we don't, you know. Thank you. I, I was feeling guilty for a minute there. But, oh, dear. No, that wasn't the goal. <laughs> but professionals, and do they know that? Meaning, uh, so again, it's a marketing show. I want to thank uh, from that angle, do professional photographers know that, do they sign up and join and pay? And is you know there a what? way you, what's that? We just launched it this oh, okay. week and we are about to roll out our marketing. So good timing. <laughs> Love that. So, so when I promote this, this podcast, maybe that's something I can mention. Uh, or, or you can. <laughs> Wayside.org. Um, <laughs> is there any information, more any more details about that you want to share right now? 
Yes. So if you go to our website, wayside.org, there is a support page and our membership program is laid out on there. And it talks about the different benefits and how you use a membership and the choices that you have if you are interested in becoming a member. And the, the fees for membership go to the Wayside Inn Foundation to help support the work. And, and who would might, so photographers would perhaps join. Um, what are the categories are there in terms of joining the, the, the Wayside, is it called the Wayside Inn Foundation? Yes. So if you are a student, there's a student rate and that will help give you access to research and things like that. You can also be an individual, family, all the way up. And then for the higher end donors, we might have some special events throughout the year that you can take advantage of. And we have some wonderful Wayside Inn merchandise and things that you can also have too. I've been in that uh, store there. You have great trinkets and souvenirs. I mean, that place is, I don't know what it's like now during the pandemic. People probably, they're not, are they even going inside right now? Can they? Well, we do have, the gift shop is open right now um, during our our lunch and dinner hours. Um, so you're certainly welcome to go in. We are operating a takeout service, which is something we never thought we would do over at the Wayside Inn, being a very traditional fine dining restaurant, but that kept us busy March through now. Um, but we also have a patio where we have dine-in service, and we've also have a few dining rooms open as well. So you're welcome wow. to come into the inn, and you know restaurants are being very careful to follow protocols. Yes. And I will say our staff is highly trained in all the things that need to be done to make people comfortable and safe, um, and they're working very hard so, to follow that. Because what I was going to say, that place is crawling. The times I've been there, the the the, the gift shop is crowded. Everyone's walking all around. Is I mean. My wife loves going there. Um, we've gone upstairs. Isn't there some haunted room or something? She's fascinated <laughs> by that. Is that true? Can oh, I can I, sh can I share that little secret? Is that yes. true? Yes. So well, <laughs> the myth <laughs> is that the room is haunted, um, but the room that everybody talks about being the the historic room that um, people want to get uh, you know reservations with is. The former room of Jerusha Howe, and Jerusha was the daughter uh, uh, in the long line of the Howe family that uh, operated the inn since the early days. And so as time has gone on, uh, we do have that room available as a guest room and also her sitting parlor as well. That's another room that you might be able to get overnight reservations in. But um, you know, people hear things, they see things sometimes, and it's become part of our lore. <laughs> It sure has. I'm telling you, it's the first thing my wife always mentions when we talk about the Wayside Inn. Um, again, it's a go-to place for me to walk, to run. You know, I'm a runner. Um, I've seen all kinds of things over there. I've taken lots of pictures. I've seen painters over there, the photographers, weddings. Um, let me steer a little bit more towards marketing. Tell me about how you've pivoted, if you will, during the pandemic, meaning I'm sure it's always busy over there. I imagine there was a little period of time once the coronavirus crisis hit that maybe things slowed down a little. What was the, and that's just my guess, um, what, how did you pivot? What, was, what did you do differently? How, tell us how you've been marketing and especially using social media because you know how partial I am to social media. Um, exactly. what, what have you been doing specifically to get the word out to attract people during these difficult days? Yes. So the main thing that we're finding is that people want information because they want to know and be reassured that the inn as a nonprofit and business is doing okay. Um, so we tend to use uh, our website, uh, email blasts, and social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get our message out. And each is sort of tailored a little differently. So we use Facebook heavily to, because it's so versatile to, to talk about a variety of things, everything from menus to, you know, show photographs, people really love those. Um, because it's comforting to see the inn, especially if you don't live in the area and you aren't driving by uh, and you're here in your home, you know, um, to see the sites is, is helpful. So um, 
we were closed for, ironically, for a kitchen project in March. So it already was rather quiet at that point because we couldn't have dining. Um, and we were also working on a film project. A private film was using the site to shoot. So we did double duty then. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And that's when I felt like the grounds were quiet. Nobody was stirring. Um, and, but we have a very creative team with our innkeeper, Steve Pickford. Um, he uh, rallied the managers who were there because we did not have our server staff um, at that point uh, because of the kitchen project. Uh, rally the managers and we all got together and, and we started the takeout for uh, dining and I will tell you that the they the first day they started up the kitchen again they were cooking something like roast turkey and the smell that hung in the air I mean it was just amazing and you're like ah we're back to back to some semblance <laughs> but um then we started saying things like, uh, how are we going to get people to know what we're doing programmatically? So we did a few things using Facebook, like um, Wayside in A to Z. So we took pictures around the property um, related to whatever the letter of the alphabet was. And I thought this was going to be a perfect thing for kids. But then I didn't really think about the fact that kids aren't necessarily on Facebook but their parents are on Facebook. I, my, my son calls it mom book, but anyway. Um, so people were checking in, checking out the photographs and then talking to us about them, which was amazing. So these images were providing an opportunity to have conversations, to let people know what we're doing, um, to let people know about our artifacts and about our operations you know, you name it. So that was the first project we got off the ground and it was a very simple thing, but it took 26 days. <laughs> and so, so that was, you're saying pictures A to Z of the property? Yeah, so for Jerusha's room, it might've been J, Jerusha's room, or it's room number nine. So I think that was so N. <laughs> this is a great, fantastic case study. It may, may, at first glance, I know to you, maybe not. It was probably, like you say, it took so many, 26 days and might've been very complicated, but a simple, if you think about it, idea that any business could leverage, whether it's a pandemic or not, but the idea of using visual content, A to Z, about your property or your brand or your business or the people who work there, visual content, pictures, it could be video. I'm, I'm making this up. I didn't see all of this, but People want to see the businesses, the brands, in your case, a great restaurant, a great historic property, because then they feel close to it. And then the more, on a regular basis, they feel close to it, they want to be there. They want to all of a sudden do business, you know, go and dine there, go and walk in the property there, buy your products and services. So that's social media. That's, you know, in your case, you said Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a to Z visual content of your brand, of your business, and that attracts people. And that's a great idea, Sally. That's a case study that that you should be proud of. Um, I did it. Did it bring people? Did you say it engaged people on social media? Correct. Yeah. So as we were running it, we thought, oh, well, why don't we make it a contest? And they were not the letters did not go in order A to Z. They were sort of all over the place as I found images or, you know, if I was in a certain room and I thought, oh, well, this might, might look nice. Um, so at the end, we said the first four people who um, collect all of these, so they had to go back through our Facebook page, which meant they had to read all of our content again to find the letters. The first four people who submitted the list in order got a little gift. So Ooh. that was fun too. And people, four people immediately you know, right when I posted the contest had, you know, replied. So that was kind of fun to see that. Fantastic. So, Fantastic idea. I, I, I applaud you. I did see a visual where a bunch of you had different signs. I can't remember what the word said, but it was your, your team, you know, including yes. yourself, right? Tell, can you tell us about that and what the idea was there, the strategy and how that did for you? Was it just one image I saw? 
It was sort of a collage. And I will say it wasn't my unique idea. I did see somebody else doing this, but it was a way for the staff to get together because staff usually works behind the scenes. Um, but it was a way for people to see, um, you know, some of the staff that they interact with when they come to dine and say, oh, there's, you know, Tara and Tara's doing well. So we had a message and it was simple, uh, something about, um, see you soon or something but it had nine you know i forget yes. what the thing is but um it Signs was just with the words to, on them yeah and it was sort of team building too so that the staff could get together each have their picture taken and then it came together in a collage in order so um you know we had members of the maintenance team the members of the chef team and members of the service staff you know they're together so and you know the i'm telling you that's another few pages in a textbook and and reason I say that it reinforces to me I always say to clients and, and anybody I'm talking to about social media it's the social and social media and it's the corporate culture social media can surprisingly create or reinforce meaning you and your team were involved in that quote team building you know exercise but it's a win-win because brought you guys together it was fun I hope um yeah. and 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 in that sense it also showed those on the other end your your audience that you are close-knit that you are together the words on the pictures reinforce the messages so so people don't just see people are people they see people with written messages and they were welcoming messages so it's it's a win-win they see you all being close together you feel good being close together and, and it builds community and, and community leads to business. So I applaud you, uh, 110%, Sally. Well, that's basically the message that the, and always, you know, with our hospitality background, we always wanna embrace the community and make sure everyone's having a good time or is, is comfortable and safe. So that has been the biggest challenge, not having the people on the premises during this time. So the so, more we, yeah. But, sorry, did I? Go ahead. Will you no, <laughs> yeah. So something else I noticed, and and this wasn't even uh, me being curious from from I mean a, a business sense. Although I'm, there's always a little bit of me that thinks business and marketing and and you know notices great ideas. But I'm a music lover, and and I go online, especially during this pandemic, a lot to listen to music. And you all had had maybe still have something on it was Saturday night's bluegrass live. I loved that. I I'm a music fan. I'm not necessarily a bluegrass fan, but it was so unique bringing people right into the end and being entertained. And you also, from a marketing standpoint, business standpoint, people should know about this. You had a tip jar, a way that people could, could uh, tip the musician. Do you want, can you explain that to everybody? How that works? Yes. So the fun part about this story is that the musician that we had performing, and this was just sort of at random when the musician had time, his name is Paul Kafalis and he plays old time music. And besides being an accomplished musician, and he, he plays a number of instruments, guitar um, and the mandolin, um, he's also our part-time night watchman. And so this is a way for staff to give up their gifts back. Um, so um, I do have a program committee and a uh, full of trustees and um, the other trustee, Katina Fontes and I did approach Paul and we asked him, would you be interested in doing a Facebook Live concert by yourself, which is not easy as a musician to play by yourself, um, without an audience, in the old bar, whenever you have time. And so he did it almost every other weekend on a Saturday evening, later, um, you know, toward the end of the day when things were winding down at the inn. Um, and yeah, so we just announced it and people could sign on. It was Facebook Live. And for other nonprofits, this is a very cost-effective in fact, I think it's free. It's very easy um, for people to sign up for Facebook Live and there's action. And the beauty of it too was that, you know, maybe some weekends 
other things were actually starting to happen around town. So we didn't have as big of an audience as the other, but they were recorded so that yes. these could be watched at any time. So yes. if somebody wants to watch an earlier concert of Paul's, then uh, there you go. Um, but it was it was just a nice thing because he's so great with playing. Anyway, we just want people to know that uh, our staff has a lot of hidden talents that other people wouldn't know about. <laughs> so I there are dozens, I'm sure, maybe hundreds of, of ideas you have put into play regarding marketing and, and social media to attract and engage your customers. These are just things I've noticed. And, and again, as a, a sure, I'm a fan of the Wayside Inn. It's local, great place. Yankee pot roast, my, my favorite meal. Um, it really is. It, it, I've been there with my parents, one of the most memorable meals. Um, seriously, dinners out we've had. Such a <laughs> yeah, it was with my parents. My wife and I had a lunch I'll never forget early on in our marriage there. Um, you know, I've been in that, that, that bar you're talking about where Paul plays. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm trying to make this these stories resonate and I'm sure they just naturally do with a larger audience, people who might not even have ever been there. Can't believe no one has ever been there, but it's possible. Um, the Facebook live is a brilliant idea because like you said, it's free to do. It pops up in people's feeds. So if they like you, your business, their fans, they're going to see it, be notified. They can watch, tune in, they can engage with you. It, 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 it's entertaining. It, it's free for on both ends. Um, you had the, the brilliant, brilliant idea of the, the virtual tip jar so people can tip Paul, the musician who's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I liked he was being just like the fans who are watching, meaning he's just playing along, talking. He was having a beer, I think, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, like I was on the, um, as I was watching. So it's very comfortable. And again, from a business standpoint, you get comfortable with the brand, the restaurant, the people behind the scenes, you're going to eventually, you know, it's like a, a you're going to make a beeline to that place. Um, so you guys are doing it right, Sally. You're doing it well, right. We're trying. We're trying. You know, that is what I like about um, social media. It is a little bit more informal than, you know, receiving something uh, like a, a marketing letter in the mail that's, you know, got the packet with a reply envelope and all of that, um, that everybody, all the nonprofits need to do um, annually for appeals. Um, this, this is instantaneous. If you see something happening, you can post about it. People watch, if they look, you know, that's fine. But it's just a way to be active. And so I don't think um, our use of social media has changed so much during the pandemic, but we're doing a lot more. And I would say, you know, the good part of my day is spent reading other people's posts, posting on social media. You know, it's funny, I have two sons at home, one's a high schooler, one's a middle schooler, and um, they were trying to come into the room and the older one said to the younger one, don't bother mom, she's working. And he said, no, she's not. She's on Facebook or something <laughs> like that. And I, well, I happen to be on Facebook doing something for work. But, you know, it, you do have to spend time and be thoughtful about mm -hmm. what you're posting at the same time, which is great that Katina Fontes helps me because it, it does take a lot of time. And we want to make sure that everything's accurate, too. You don't want to just post something that is misinformation. So there's, there's that, too. Social media is much harder than people who don't do it realize and and like you said there's this mis misconception or perception of social media being you know fun and games and sure it 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 can be but those fun and games are a lot of work behind the scenes because you got to be accurate you got to be timely and and you know time is money and, and you if you're doing it for as as a business person it 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 can be very serious business even though it's fun at the same time. How do you balance, so you're the Wayside Inn Foundation, but here, you know, I'm thinking the restaurant, we're talking about the bar. Um, what, how do you balance the messages you're putting out? How do you, do you separate the, the end, the food, versus the fact that you're nonprofit? How, how, what is your messaging there, your, your value proposition, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what we've been working out over the year. 
Um, and I think it's, we've had a rebranding, uh, another trustee, we have a lot of talented trustees, another trustee um, has redesigned our website um, in order to make it more user friendly and updated the branding as well. So this whole year has been sort of about recreation uh, with the messaging and, you know, we're still working out how do we do that um, because we want Longfellow's Wayside Inn to be successful because revenue produced by the restaurant actually helps us maintain the entire property and operations uh, but we do want people to know that there is a lot more beyond the restaurant that we can offer we've got history um, you know history education and humanities is what our what we're supposed to be working on um, and so um, we spent a lot of time trying to redevelop um, additional things throughout the year. Um, we're very good at having a good time at the Wayside Inn with festivals, and we have a lot of community groups who use the site, um, but we also want to make sure that we're offering something for everyone of all ages so that there's continuity. It's a lot of moving parts. So yeah. you, you have events. I, I know I, I've been... I can think of one, like a fife and drum type of uh, exhibition. It was a few years ago. Maybe that's every year on the property. There's an annual event, um, and it's actually uh, sponsored by the Sudbury Companies of Militia and Minute and the Ancient Honorable Spifer. So that is, that is, those are two other groups using our site, but of course we endorse it and we embrace it. And the groups use the property quite a lot for everything. Um, from club meetings to practicing the fife music. They're actually here on Wednesday evenings and you can really? hear them practicing and they're in their full garb and everything. Um, and they've been doing it. They spread out six feet. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, during this time, during the pandemic, we, we had our annual, some of our annual traditions were impacted uh, where back on, you know, um, April 19th, um, usually we do a flag changing and that's sponsored by the separate companies, the militia and minute. So they did come and the Fifers were there. They had a parade, but everyone was spread out and we mm -hmm. didn't have as many spectators as they might have, but we were able to take a video and post so that everyone could see that everyone's doing this safely, first of all, but also um, traditions continue no matter what else is happening nationally. So you, so again, nice. so many moving parts, I would imagine, from both the business revenue and, and nonprofit fundraising perspectives, from both those perspectives, there are a lot of income streams, am I right? A lot of revenue streams and that, that can get, I would imagine, pretty complicated. And, and you know, what do you put out there? How do you balance, again, I'm, I'm almost asking the same question again, but you know, there must be some kind of plan and how you prioritize what to, to, uh, do you have free reign? Is there a, do you know what I mean? In terms of your content calendar and how do you know what to promote when? <laughs> right, um, you know, there is, that's why it does feel like there's a lot happening at once because there are event bookings by other groups, but also ourselves. And so it's, we really have to stay tight with the management of the property and different parts of the property are being used. So we have a functions manager who tracks, you know, what weddings are on the premises and things like that, other group activities. And then we would have our own programs like the educational things. Um, like for example, we're having an author's dinner um, coming up, but instead of an in-person, we're gonna do that online. Um, so it's a bunch of calendars getting together. We have a lot of committees, just like any other nonprofit. And we also, heavily look at the calendar and we manage things because of uh the, the actual months uh what's happening when so tell me about which social media we talked about facebook but you also use twitter and instagram i'm, I'm curious does one work better for you are you spending more time on one than the other what is the difference between those channels for you? Yeah, I would say that Facebook is sort of the anything goes site because you can put a lot of words on it. Um, you're not restricted in that way. So uh, videos and, you know, if there's a big lesson, we can put that up. Not that people want to read all that uh, content all the time. Uh, Twitter is more 
we use that more for the um, educational content, but quick bites of things because there is a limit on Twitter with what you can you can put in a post and um, 280 characters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's that's you know you have to get creative with that. But we find that the user groups differ from these three. And then Instagram is mostly photography. And we find that a lot of people are tagging us on those on Instagram and we're seeing what they're seeing and we can look at our property through their eyes. So that's that's really good too. And you know, it seems like there may be, and I don't know if you've discovered this, but different people use different mm. different sites mm -hmm. um, differently. Like I said, you know, uh, my kids joke that Facebook, you know, the kids don't use Facebook as much as they might use Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I think the high school, you know, says get a Twitter account because that's how we communicate nowadays. So, so, so that's interesting too to see who's on. And then Instagram is very popular with different generations as well. No, absolutely. The, there are different demographics, different age groups and, and psychographics, uh, meaning, you know, what people are interested in, what they, they desire, um, what their hobbies are, et cetera. And that all relates to, um, is a factor, is factored into what channels they, they, they use. And, and yeah, I imagine Facebook, a little bit of an older um, uh, audience, but but 70% uh, or so of the American population is on Facebook. So that's where you're going to find the most people. Um, Instagram, you know, it's, I think I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You, you've learned this yourself, but yeah, that's the younger people. And, and that's a lot of pictures. And like you say, they tag you. I find Twitter, you know, it's an open network. It's a great way to directly communicate with someone you might not otherwise have a chance to communicate with. And retweet their, their content, like their content, get into conversations. And you never know, also from a business to business standpoint, you know, you could connect with other organizations or other influencers. You know, these, these there's a painter I'm thinking of, you, you may know him, I'm not gonna say his name, but I know he's a fantastic painter. And hey, if he's over there painting, you know, the gristmill, for instance, you know, partner with him and he promotes you, you promote him. Uh, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm glad you said that because, um, you know, like I said, I do a lot of reading of other people's posts and things, and there's there's always an opportunity to get into a conversation that might lead to uh, partnerships too, mm -hmm. and that's how you also grow whatever it is you're working on is by being open and having a dialogue, which you can do on social media. Sometimes social media is criticized for not telling the full story because you're not face to face with the person or misinterpretation just by a slight word. Um, but by keeping the conversation going too, you get to the crux of the matter. Sally, I tell clients and, and again, anybody who will listen all the time that the, there are, there's misinformation out there about social media. So many people only who don't use it only go by the headlines and the headlines are going to be extreme and they may be negative, but social media, from my experience, actually, you can get to know people so, so well. You can dig through the clutter and, and find the truth. You can find information and tidbits and, and, and people and, and potential business partners very quickly if you know how to, to wend your way around the social media uh, circles. And, and I couldn't recommend it more to my clients. And I, from what I see, you guys are using it really, really well. And, you know, I'm on my phone a lot checking the social media accounts, but um, especially during the pandemic, you know, it's not a great habit, but right before bed, you know, I'll check and, and read what's going on. But that's when I've had the best conversations with people who have been to the Wayside Inn, but they happen to live in a different state. Um, and inevitably leads to, um, you know, their experiences, their family celebrations, were they married at the Wayside Inn, and what's happening um, during the pandemic now. So it is a way to always get back to, how are you doing? And I love that. I mean, I like to talk anyway, but. <laughs> you're a fantastic um, talker. This is a fantastic <laughs> conversation, and I thank you. And you're a fantastic listener, too, when, 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 when I'm doing the talk, and you, you've been putting up with me. Um, but you have so much to say and, and share and, and I appreciate all this time and, and 
I have many more questions. Uh, we'll, we'll spend probably another 10 or 15 minutes if you have the time and don't mind. Yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. No, I um, appreciate it. Yeah. So, cause you're making me think, um, you know, there's emotion in, in marketing and there's, there's storytelling in marketing. And you think of what people do at the wayside and they're usually celebrating occasions and there. I cannot imagine anyone doing anything at the wayside Inn and not coming away with a fantastic feeling and a fantastic memory in each of those people takes a story back home with them and maybe multiple stories if they've been multiple times. And if you can extract that from those people and, and share their stories on social media, it makes an emotional connection that um, with them forever, you know, these are loyal fans. And then it also, amplifies out to people who have never been there and they say, oh, oh my, you know, I've heard of the Wayside Inn. I, I've seen pictures of the grist mill. Um, it's, it's history. It's great food. It's great people, as Sally is an example. I want to go there. So, so that's how you leverage social media. And again, the, the, myth, the myth about it is that it's, it's um, you know, the extremes, the negativity, unfortunately. I think the headlines is all people see. They don't realize how many connections you can make on social media. I put up a video, it was either just today or yesterday, I can't remember, on Instagram. And I said, you know, my whole life since I was a kid, I crave, have craved connections. And I'm digressing here. Thank you for your patience and listening to me. When I was a kid, one of my friends had a CB radio. I'm really dating myself because I don't even know if people know what a CB radio is. had one, is. yeah. Do, do you, you had one? Did yeah. You, Oh, see, I would have been jealous. I always wanted one. One of my friends had one. And I love the idea of communicating with someone. You don't even know who they are, where, where they're from, and getting to know them. And I tell people, when social media came around, I jumped on it. You know, like 2004, I started my blog because I said, I, you know, I can self-publish. I can, you know, now I'm doing a podcast. I can put up videos. I started doing them a long time ago. And I meet people you can meet people that you wouldn't have met otherwise and you can form relationships and you can help each other. And that's powerful stuff. And I wish more people who didn't use social media saw all the good and, and from a business standpoint and a personal standpoint that, that social media has to offer. It's brought us together, Sally. Yeah, I think exactly. we know each other from Facebook and it's I've a never... virtual CB, right? <laughs> yes. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I think you and I agreed we might've, said hello once at, at a restaurant in town, but, but mostly it's Facebook and, and we connect and now we're doing this and, and who knows what's next. Exactly. And you know, a little while ago we were talking about how your roots in direct mail. Well, another thing that I did because um, we have an archives here and we have a, you know, it's a collection of everything from business records to family records going all the way back. Um, but postcards are an important part of tourism. So I started thinking, you know, not everyone's on social media or our email. So I started sending out postcards with images of the inn or the grist mill to some of our longtime visitors and customers. And the interesting thing, you know, because getting something written in mail is very personal. Um, but the interesting thing was people were calling me back to talk about the postcard and wow. to thank me for sending a postcard, which, which was so nice. I mean, on an actual telephone, they'd call me. And, you know, and then we could continue the conversation and find out how everyone was doing. So it was just such a simple, low cost thing. And other nonprofits can do this too. Um, but it made a big difference to people to open their mailbox and see something from the wayside in with a picture reminding them of their happy times. No, you point out, you know, yes, we talked off, offline before I hit record about direct mail and I've done a ton of it over the years. That was my first 20 years of my career is mostly mail, um, writing letters and, and, and the, the, the handwritten note, what you're saying especially more than ever today, stands out the personal touch. And like you say, can you imagine they called me on the phone? You know, anything, you know, the fact that I love social media and preach about it and proselytize and evangelize, whatever the right word is regarding social media, does not mean I don't believe strongly in in-person, number one, 
um, you know, the more personal, the better. It's just that social media does allow you to reach more people probably pretty easily, but don't ever overlook, you know, handwritten notes and phone calls and in-person events. And, and you're reinforcing that those postcards that that's, I find that very interesting. Yeah. They even tracked me down at home to call me to thank me. So, I mean, I was really, you know, having a good time. So <laughs> you are an incredible asset to, to the Wayside and foundation. I, 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 you know, you, you stand out, you represent them. So that represent them very, very well. Um, and, and to you and your team, I, I applaud. Um, tell me anything else. Maybe I haven't asked with regard to the marketing and, and social media and PR efforts regarding the Wayside and foundation, the, the inn itself, the gristmill, the Martha Mary chapel. We haven't mentioned that. I know there's what nine different buildings on the property, hundred acres. What, what haven't we covered? We could probably talk for, for hours um, and, and still not cover everything. But what, what do you want to emphasize that I haven't asked about? Um, you know, aside from the experiences that people have here, the Inn is also a community resource too. Um, some things that people don't know by driving by the beautiful grist mill is that it is still an active mill. It was built by Henry Ford in 1923 um, and ground its first meal a few years later. Um, but we do grind uh, grain there. And so all of the rolls and the corn muffins, um, those are made with the grains built here. So, and, you know, flour is very hard to come by in the stores. So uh, one of the things that we did was um, announce through social media that if you're having difficulty getting flour, we have a supply still of flour that you can purchase. So we had people coming by to wow. pick up bags of cornmeal, flour, and pancake mix. Um, so that was something that we could do. The other thing, while we had downtime and, and um, the kitchens were available, so we started a meals donation program during this time so that we asked for donations. So we had to do a campaign to actively solicit donations from the community and people gave so that we could in turn buy food and create meals. And so we partnered up with Open Table up in Maynard. Um, and then we also made meals to give to healthcare workers as well. So we made a couple deliveries to, um, you know, area um, nursing care centers and Emerson Hospital, the Sudbury Police. Um, so it just felt like we were doing something useful um, when we had quieter kitchens. So, you know, it was, what do you do during this time when it's not business as usual, but you have this amazing resource. So meals donation program, the opening of the grounds and welcoming people on, um, those were things that we could do to help because we appreciate our community so much. They do a lot to support us. Let's support them back. That's amazing, Sally. And, and you're thinking outside the box and, and, you know, business as unusual and, you're coming up with ideas that are win-win for, for your surrounding communities and in the people in those communities as, as well as the inn and its property and its people. I haven't asked you as we get close to winding down about your, your professional background. You're fairly new to the Wayside Inn Foundation. How did you get into marketing, social media? I know it's also fundraising and, and the historic aspect of the grounds. Can you summarize your career, if you don't mind, for us? Sure. How, what, Always what, love to talk. Yeah. How <laughs> you land? Um, yeah, talk no, about yourself. My, my training is in historic preservation and museum management. So it is kind of funny that I ended up doing the social media work here. Um, but I, um, I, so the reason I was attracted to the inn, actually I grew up in Connecticut and our family had some family up in this area. So we would drive up, um, you know, to go to dinner, we dress up, you know. Um, so I've always in the back of my mind wanted to work for the Wayside Inn. Wow. <laughs> so nice when this opportunity came up, I was already working in town uh, for the Sudbury Historical Society. So again, um, really the work that I was doing there is transferable to the Wayside Inn's needs, um, trying to develop the programming schedule, develop the audience, 
and keep things going that way. So, but one of the benefits is that I get to communicate with the public through the social media avenues. And there's something to be said too, that I work and live in the same town. And so I spend a lot of time trying to find out what is going on in my own community. And one of the goals is to sort of branch out from Sudbury um, because we have so many people involved with Wayside Inn who live in different states and you know in different areas of Massachusetts as well. Um, but there is something very helpful about knowing Sudbury and uh, knowing what other community groups are doing to see where we can partner up and sort of share the workload. Fantastic story. I mean, you're, you're really, sounds like it, your dream place to work and, and it's a, a mutually beneficial uh, working relationship that they're lucky to have you. I would wow. imagine uh, that you're a fantastic asset for the organization um, and you sounds like you always wanted to work there and here, here, there you are. What about your own personal use of social media and, you know, like LinkedIn or Twitter or how much do you use it yourself to build your personal brand? Meaning, so I help clients, you know, they could be individuals, not just, just, in fact, I've worked with a lot of individuals and small businesses create a personal brand so that they're recognized, they're known. Do you do that at all yourself? You know, I, I don't think I really do. My stuff is kind of all over the place. And I always, I always am surprised. Um, who reads my posts and and what issues become sort of hot topics um and i had a friend tell me the other day no people are reading your stuff so you have to you know be careful about what you post you know <laughs> but um yeah, with that authority yeah. comes responsibility <laughs> yeah i know so i was like oh i just thought you know well, i didn't know i was gonna get political whatever um so anyway um that that's been interesting. I never really thought about it from that perspective because I spend so much time trying to work on the end that, you know, I didn't even contemplate that, that I should be monitoring my own site better. So it's really good advice. You have a voice, um, you have a brand, and this is what I tell a lot of individuals, especially if you're, um, you're representing an iconic brand, actually, the Wayside Inn. So the better you do, the more known you will become. Therefore, your voice uh, reverberates uh, and amp is amplified farther than you, you realize. And that's a powerful thing. And, you know, I always tell people social media can, can change the world and for good. You know, we, we know, we see the headlines, um, you know, the, the current political situation, uh, the, the pandemic, um, the political situation in our country, I'm talking about, um, you know, it, it's a lot of unrest, a lot of turbulence, a lot of negativity. And I tell people, you know, if you can learn social media yourself and offset the negativity with positivity, yes. you know, the world would be a better place. So it sounds like you are in a position to do that, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be more cognizant of it now, you know? <laughs> no, and that means, listen, I put... Um, occasionally i used to stay away from politics and you know because i didn't want the discussion and certainly not the debate but i have said to myself and i am at the point where i'm saying it to others like i say with the authority should come some responsibility and that means looking out for the greater good and there should be nothing wrong with, with speaking your mind if it's well-intentioned and meant to help and Exactly. You know, in this country right now, we need, I mean, it almost, you know, I get emotional thinking about it. We need positive leadership. Um, doesn't matter what party we're talking about. I'm just talking about bringing people together in a positive way, one way or another. That's what this country needs more than anything ever. Exactly. Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> so, so let's partner up, Sally, and, and make that happen. You and I can oh, do good. that and we can be the spark. Um, I hope you know, this conversation is the spark for some of our, our friends and, and local following to, to join us in that, that uh, crusade to make things more positive and, and help one another. That's my feeling. I try to spread that message wherever I go. Yes, definitely. Sally, um, you have been ridiculously awesome as a guest, and I really appreciate your time. 
I reached out to you on fairly short notice, asked you to be my guest. And hey, I'm a fan of, of, of the Wayside Inn. And you really stood out on Facebook to me. So to take that as a testimony, testimonial, um, you know, of someone who, who would be a fantastic guest and had a lot, would have a lot to talk about, and you sure do. Um, in winding down, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people how they can contact the Wayside Inn, how they can contact you, any special events you want to plug. I'm, I have a second screen over here, and, and there's a special event on August 29 that you may see me at the Beer Garden event. Yeah, that, yes. that looks fun. <laughs> You know, it's an annual event. Tell people about that and anything else you want. This is your chance to, to plug in, anything in, in, about the Wayside Inn or yourself, please. Yeah, so with programming, obviously we have to do things a little bit differently from our usual setup. Um, with gathering things such as it is, um, that particular event, the Beer Garden, we will have a limited number of tickets sold, so you better get them now. They're taking reservations. Um, but that's just an opportunity to get people together, and it's a lot of fun, and you can learn about beer, and you can take advantage of being out. You know, it's going to be an earlier-in-the-day event to avoid bugs and things like that, um, but it's an opportunity to come to the Wayside Inn. Um, the other thing that we typically um, we would like to have um, lectures and things like that uh, for our educational programming on August 11th, um, we are actually switching up the traditional authors talk and discussion. We have a gentleman named Nick Fazbanes who has written a new biography of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And because gathering is not possible at that point, we are doing a virtual talk. So he will be on Zoom, but we've also, um, we've paired it with a dinner that you can actually, it's Longfellow inspired. So you can actually pick up the dinner and bring it home and eat at home while you're that's watching the talk. What, so what a great idea. that's a way to get around that because normally we'd have a dinner. Um, but our, our big thing that we have coming up, because you know it was a difficult spring fundraising wise, um, we are going to be having a virtual auction starting next Friday, the 31st in the morning. Um, the auction site will go live and that is to raise money for our grist mill. We have a number of projects, everything from um, uh, shoring up the footbridges to some water wheel preservation. And we also want to create a multimedia interpretive kiosk so that we can teach people more about the mill when it is not open. Um, and that's a bigger project. Um, but I will say the community has been extremely supportive creative and generous with what they've offered. They took into consideration um, the social distancing issues. So we have a lot of classes that will be offered, um, you know, everything from bread making to cake decorating. And we have, um, you know, socially distanced wine tasting. Um, you know, so people have just really thought outside the box about what they can give in lieu of sports tickets and things like that that you might typically find in an auction. So how can people... How can people bid on any items? How, how do they find more information about, you mentioned, you know, the Bear Garden, the, the, the author's dinner, and, and last, but certainly not least, because it's actually the first uh, yep. <laughs> event um, on, on the list calendar-wise, the summer auction on Friday, July 31st. How can people find out more about those events? So all of these events will be on our social media channel. So you can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, but we also have a website that is very user friendly. It's wayside.org. And so under the events, we have the auction listed Longfellow and the beer garden and anything else that we're going to be producing for the fall as well. So stay tuned and see what uh, might fit your schedules and might be of interest. And you That's can always reach out to me at twif at wayside.com. Sorry.org. <laughs> yes. Say that again. T it's the Wayside Inn Foundation. So twif at wayside.org. <laughs> twif at wayside.org is, yeah, is Sally's email address at the Wayside Inn the Foundation. Wayside Inn Foundation. Um, the three big events she just talked about, I'm looking at on my monitor over here. Friday, July 31st, summer auction, 
Tuesday, August 11th, Cross of Snow offers dinner. And Saturday, August 29th, where you might see me, Sally, is the yeah. beer garden. <laughs> that sounds so That's fun. <laughs> um, but let's um, support the Wayside Inn Foundation. And I don't think I have to uh, even say, um, you know, go go get dinner or lunch at the Wayside Inn, because I think anybody who's listening and watching, if they've been there, they know how fantastic it is. And, and they'll, I'm sure they are, are going back and again and again and again. Um, and anyone who hasn't been there is, is just uh, um, saying to themselves, I got to get there. I got to get this. So I don't have to plug the experience of, of, of dining there. And you can dine there now. There's a little bit of seating inside, as you said, yes. seating outside. What's that? The patio too. The patio too. And you can take out. So um, wayside.org is the website. Sally Hild is is who I've had the pleasure of talking to for, for, I think we're around an hour now, Sally. Great conversation. This will be available on video and on my podcast, which is hosted at Podbean, but it's also available everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can look it up anywhere. Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Today, my guest has been Sally Hild of the Wayside Inn Foundation. Thank you so much, Sally. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been great to talk with you and to learn from your ideas. So I appreciate it very much. I, I hope this is just the first of many conversations we'll have in the future. Thanks so much for your time, Sally. Thanks for my, my viewers and, and listeners. I hope you've enjoyed, I'm sure you've enjoyed today's Bob Cargill's Marketing Show with our guest, Sally Hild. And I will talk to you, see you all again sometime very soon. Thanks, everybody.